Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans Review R. I wish you a happy new year. We are in 2023. We are roughly about 11 and a half weeks away from the, not just the Scottish season, but the, the actual UK season kicking off because on the same day as um, I'll be at uh, the IBFA, Great City in Aberdeen, you have a couple of shows down south. You have a, a PCA first timer show. And then you also have a Two Bros Regional. I think actually the Two Bros Regionals the day before um, on the Saturday, whereas those two shows, are the, the one in Aberdeen and the PCA one, they're on the, the Sunday. But either way, I think I speak for every prep coach when I just say that I can't fucking wait for the season to start. I think we all, um, you know, as the season kind of closes to an end, we all feel that sort of... Not, not burnout, uh, but just like tiredness. I, I always say to someone, like, burnout stems from doing something that you uh, don't like doing or see no value and see no joy in. Whereas, like, I guess that's not what I'm getting at. What I mean is just the consistent travel. Like, if you've if you're going to shows back to back every week for eight weeks and then you're doing your own training, you're working between, you're you know, doing, doing the family stuff and getting quite tired in. But it's, um, it's, uh, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's, uh, the buzz, the the feeling of watching your client achieve something is uh, it's unbelievable, and I think that this this sort of downtime, yeah, it's been it's been good, it's been great to um, have new clients coming on board. We're planning shows for this year or next year, um, and, and all that, and, and mapping out their journey. But I think uh, I speak for a lot of coaches. Where I'm just like, oh man, just hurry up and get here because now athletes at 11 weeks 11 and a half weeks out you know they're all starting to look that a little bit better that a little bit leaner the the final looks not you know still a bit far away but you can see it you can see it coming and i guess that's the exciting part so yeah not long to go and uh, for those of you that are asking um the time of recording this podcast no there is a uh, no baby no baby number two arrives um, in the wilson household as of yet but um maybe maybe sometime soon hopefully any day now i think that I had thought before I recorded the the last episode that um, there would definitely be one, but hey, it is what it is. He'll come when he's good and ready. But um, on to the topic of today's podcast, which is really just a, a, a just open discussion about kind of what you can do if your appetite is poor and you are in a, a gaining phase. I, I've talked about this before, but like anything, as time goes on, uh, my views on subjects and matters can change. Um, or I can um, add additional information that I perhaps didn't add in the in the in the previous podcast. So you maybe see like if you've been a listener for some episodes, uh, well, some episodes for for a lot of them, uh, you maybe see uh, similar sort of topics over the years. But that's just simply because, as I said, things things maybe will change. My opinion might change, um, but also the stuff that I talk about it remains constant. You know, I think that who I work with. Um, they'll have the like their what's what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here their needs their wants um they, they they don't tend to change much it's just a case of refining my knowledge over the years to help to help better that uh, help better serve them I suppose what I'm getting at but so if we are thinking about your appetite is poor you have um a few options but I guess the the first one is Probably I would mix up your food sources, right? So you got to look at, right, where are you in your um, journey? Are you halfway through a gaining phase? Are you coming towards the end? If you're coming towards the end, 
you, you might as well recomp now. If you're not, you could potentially do a calorie reset, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But if you want to extend your your gain phase that a little bit longer, you maybe got four weeks left, and everything is just not not going down. It's making you feel sick. The first thing to do is when was the last time you mixed up your food choices? Because although like we've all been there, right? You've been sitting in front of a bowl of oats and whey, um, and the last thing you want to do is just put put another spoonful in your mouth, but you got to do it. Well, what I would say is, why not try switching up to cream of rice, or why not think about half in the oats and having a little bit more fruit in there, putting a little bit of honey, putting a little bit of jam in there. You maybe are already, but if you're not, maybe you're someone that's predominantly eating like clean and eating like a bro. I do think there comes a point, particularly in a, in a massing phase, where it's just a case of getting calories in. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't give you the the green light to go ahead and eat like an absolute fucking bell end. What um what it means is you gotta switch up your food sources to just to de- to get in as much as you possibly can. Now, what I tend to to like putting in, this is something that you've may- maybe never um, thought about, is liquid calories. So yes, we all know about HBCD intra workout with your aminos and your creatine and all that. That's cool. But what I'm getting at is like fruit juice. Fruit juice is an absolute game changer. When you think about 500 ml of fruit juice is about 50 gram of carb. So a litre is close to 100 gram of carb. Now, if you're you're a big dude and you're having to pack away, you know, 800 to 1,000 gram of carbs a day, um, you know, fruit juice is relatively cheap. You get Tesco's own or Asda's own, it's relatively cheap. It's not going to necessarily burst the burst the, the bank the bank the food bank bill should we say or the, the food bill at the end of the week let's say you, you you go through a liter a day so 100 grams of your carbs are coming from liquid now that doesn't seem like a lot to someone listening but 100 grams of carbs let's put that into perspective that is 500 grams of white potato that is 120 grams of basmati rice that's a lot of food so you could easily remove that could be one meal Right, okay, it could be part of a meal. But you could be like, right, I cannot get these uh, potatoes down me. Right, cool, I'm going to drop those potatoes. I'm still going to eat my chicken or my fish or, or whatever it is, my beef. Still going to eat that, still going to eat my, my green veg. Um, and instead, I'm just going to have a, pint, you know, a litre of orange juice with that meal. Or I'm going to have 500ml and then I'm going to have, uh, you know, five caramel rice cakes on top of that. Um, trying to get the most amount of carbs out of um, the li- the least amount of total food. And the reason I'm saying carbs is because they are going to be the ones that are predominantly um, that you're struggling with. Fats are relatively easy to eat, like peanut butter, avocado, etc, etc. Um, those are relatively easy to, to put away because um, you, you don't need to eat loads of them, right? You, you may be, what, 90, 100 gram, 110 grams of fat if you're in a peak off season. The reason I'm giving these sort of numbers is because I know that the 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 ones listening to this that are looking into for tips for appetite are probably guys. I think females more more likely because you guys don't have to eat loads. Now, th- now again, that's all relative. When I say loads, I mean like okay, you may you're maybe still eating like 400, 450 gram of carb, right? But you're not putting away a thousand gram of carb. That's different sort of ball game um, so please don't take any sort of offence when I keep referring to to dudes but um, 
as I was kind of getting that, liquid calories could potentially be a way to go. And I think if um, if you aren't already, if you're, you're a guy, you're male-assisted and you're pretty heavy, if you haven't considered insulin use, I think it would be huge for your appetite because let's remember that a lot of... Um, a lot of appetite signaling pathways in the body is going to stem from um, what your blood sugar is like, right? And you've heard me speak on multiple podcasts, episodes, not only this one, but other ones as well, about what insulin can do to your blood sugars, how it can improve it. So if you don't have insulin in there and your blood sugars are consistently sitting quite high above baseline and they're never coming back down to um, that base level before you eat again, it's no wonder why your body's telling you to not eat because the body doesn't want to be 120, 130 kilos or whatever. It's not it's not evolved to do that. It's a survival machine. So we are trying to force, force its hand a little bit. Now, in doing so, things such as insulin can help shuttle the food that you've already eaten that's in your blood bloodstream into the likes of muscle mass. And then... Once it's back down that baseline level, that's when appetite will allow you to eat again. That's when you might, might feel, not necessarily hungry, but you might feel like, okay, I can probably put away another meal here. Um, so I've found like a little bit of basal usage of Lantus, which is long-acting insulin, can work really, really well. Personally, you know, I'm a huge fan, if you listen to this podcast, of putting um, carbohydrates around the workout parameter Um and in large quantities. So I think that peri-workout, uh, no rapid usage is equally as good as the, the lanus. Like what the lanus is gonna do is, is help, literally help mop up any excess carbohydrates in the bloodstream across the entire day. What the Nova is gonna do is just help you really shuttle that large bolus of carbs into tissue to help increase performance, recovery, pumps, etc., etc. So I do think before you kind of consider a recomp or a reset that you maybe have a look at your food choices um, you maybe have a look at adding in some fruit juice liquid calories um, and potentially if you're assisted you consider insulin usage so let's say you've um, tried that and you're like right okay no I still I still just can't do it I can't get enough food in your, your next question is right should you recomp or um, should you, you know what I've spoken about before, do a calorie set? So what we should do is we should address like what is a recomp first and then what's a re calorie reset and then that'll kind of dictate the direction you go in. So a recomp in the bodybuilding terms is, effectively uh, stands for like body recomposition and it is a small dieting phase in which you're going to um, pull down levels of body fat and get the body to a better position to mass again. Now, the reason that um, we get to this point is that of course in a calorie surplus in a gaining phase, we add muscle mass, but inevitably we do add body fat and we do become a little bit desensitive um, or to, to insulin. This is, uh, if, <laughs> if you aren't using any extraneous insulin, you can get a bit desensitized to it. And sometimes it, there, there comes a point where like, if you continue to mass, what you're going to do is just accumulate body fat at quite a higher rate, a more accelerated rate than you were before, and certainly um, at a higher rate than you will um, accumulate muscle mass. 
So when you've kind of got to that point, that's when you need to recomp, regardless of where your appetite's at. So if you're at a point where you're struggling to get calories in, uh, I would kind of ask you, well, how do you look? Look at your um, most stubborn area of your body. So for many, it could be the lower back. Um, For females, it could be their glutes, it could be their hamstrings. What it says, have those areas blown up at all? Are they uh, in a good spot, you know, for how heavy you are in your in your off-season, in your gaining phase? Um, if they have, and if you feel like, right, you know what, things are getting a little bit sloppy, then you should you should perform a recomp. 100%, you should pull down. Now, if you aren't, and, you know, you're maybe halfway through a gaining phase, um, th- th- what, this can really happen with guys post-show, bigger dudes, right? Give you the scenario, post-show, absolutely starving, um, you know, push their, push their calories up by quite a bit in that post-show period, in that rebound phase, uh, they're still hungry, still hungry, starving, starving, eating loads of food, still starving, push, 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 um, ca- carbs maybe get to 8.50 to, to close to 1,000, they then get 12 weeks post-show, maybe 14 weeks post-show and their appetite is in the bin. I've seen it happen loads, loads before. Um, and it's, it's at this point, you, like, I'm looking at them, I'm going, fuck, right, well, you know, they still look pretty good because we've been using the likes of insulin. Um, body fat is is in a very, very good spot. Those areas that I mentioned before, you know, they're, they're controlled, everything's looking fine. But they're telling me like, Vaughn, I can't eat anymore. I can't get anywhere anymore. You know, you've got five meals down there. I can only get in three. I'm feeling sick. I'm retching um, as a meeting. It's at that point you kind of go like, right, we we need to we need to to try and sort this out. Now, you're not gonna like when I mentioned before about trying to um, trying to like resensitize to insulin. Well. An assisted bodybuilder like is using extraneous insulin. They're using insulin. They're, they're they're injecting it. So you're not doing that to try and resensitize. You're doing it just to slowly get their appetite back. And I think a lot of the time it's a bit of a mental break as well, like a bit of a placebo effect. Of you say right, you know what? For these two weeks, we're going to run food a lot lower. So and we're going to push your cardio up. And what it does is it just gets them moving, gets things churning. There's less food in their um, digestive system, so they don't feel as bagged up, as bunged up all the time. And before you know it, they'll quickly be telling you that they're hungry, they're starving. Now, starving is relative, right? They're not starving. They're just, they went from feeling completely stuffed um, to now, oh my God, I'm actually feeling signs of hunger. So how does that work? So for a recomp, um, you're maybe going to do uh, an eight to twelve week recomp. Twelve's pretty pretty long, and at that point, your you know calories will come down. Um, initially, they'll come down by quite a bit, and then they'll come down quite slow. And cardio will be tapered up, um, quite slow as well. Uh, might use a little bit of lipolytics, like fat burners, um, and you're strategically trying to take off a certain amount of body fat and a certain amount of weight. So what's the difference between that calorie reset? So calorie reset is right. Maybe you've been consuming 800 to 1,000 gram of carb a day and you think, right, for the next two weeks, 
I'm going to go 300 to 400 gram of carb a day. Now, that in itself is like a fair big drop in calories, right? That's maybe perhaps 2,000 calorie drop, which seems quite drastic. Now, you probably keep your protein the same. You maybe keep your fats the same. Maybe, keep your fat, maybe you bring your fats uh, down a little bit more. But if you then if you then do that, I promise you, even after a few days, you'll start to feel a little bit hunger. After two weeks, you'll be ravenous and you'll be ready to push back up. Now, I guess as guys and girls, but I suppose when we pull food away, what we have this, I think, irrational fear of is that we're going to get weaker because food in itself, yes, is important, but food in itself could be one of the one of the most anabolic things out there, right? That alongside sleep. The only difference is that sleep's free <laughs> and food's not. But yeah, so you, you maybe have this rational fear, but what I'd actually say is that your training performance is actually probably going to do, uh, increase when either you're recomping or you're resetting. And I think that the main reason is is because, of course, in both scenarios, you, you push your cardio up. But I think in... In the reset, I kind of push up quite aggressively. Like maybe they're only doing two two cardio sessions across the week, and then now I'm like, right, do it every day. Whereas maybe in the recomp, they're doing it twice. I'm like, right, we're gonna do it four times or five times, whatever. So there's a bit of a difference there. It's more of an like the recomp's more aggressive because after the two week period is done, you're gonna then come out of of that reset and kind of push back up a little bit. But you're not gonna like you you may be thinking, right, am I going to um Am I going to then go from, I've pulled down from 800 to say 1,000, I've pulled down to 300, am I then pushing back up to, to 800 to 1,000? I would say no. What I'd say is that you're just going to push back up to more of a moderate level. So if you were at 800 to 1,000 and then you pulled down to say three or 400, well then you probably push back up to maybe like six, 700, maybe there or thereabouts. And then you push back up slowly. And I found that doing it that way, having that little bit of a reset, has allowed me to then push the client above the point where they were at before. So if they maxed out at 850 gram of car before, um, before we reset, we've reset, and then by the actual end of the gaining phase, they're maybe up at like nine, 950. You know, we've managed to push it up above there because they had that very, very small um, reset in between so back to what i was saying originally was that although we've pulled this food away your your strength's not going to magically drop if anything um, it should increase and the reason why i would say that is that you have taken some food away you've maybe lost a little bit of fluid and you've quite drastically increased your cardiovascular endurance um, by putting more cardio in so what you'll see is your body's ability to deliver oxygen to working muscles to um, is, is increased it's then ability to remove carbon dioxide which is a byproduct of exercise um, is heightened so you find that like those sets where you're doing 12 reps and you felt gassed you don't feel quite as gassed so then you're able to do 14 15 reps you're able to do, perform a bit better in the higher rep um, higher rep ranges, meaning you should still be able to continue to progress during this either short recomp phase, uh, sorry, short uh, reset phase, or even the extended 
recon phase. The extended recon phase is maybe a little bit different in regards to what you would do with um, with with your anabolics, with your with your drugs and whatnot, with your slim usage versus what you would do if you were um, resetting. And I guess that's probably what we should go into now. With anabolics, right, when you're recomping, it's usually like a period of time where you'd probably systematically pull pull your drug dosages down as well and try and completely tidy up a lot of uh, health markers. So you're pulling off body fat, but you're also trying to, like, maybe you come down to TRT or just above, and in that sense, you're trying to get on top of liver enzymes, kidney function, your cholesterol, hematocrit, etc., etc. Now, that's where you have to come down to then get on top of those markers. When a reset, well, you're maybe halfway through an off-season, halfway through an extended increment up phase and, and a blast. So it would, and it's, it's two weeks. So I'd see no reason for you to really pull down the total anabolic usage, but you would have to pull down your insulin usage by quite a bit. Like the amount of insulin you'll be maybe perhaps using uh, to cover 800 to 1,000 gram of carbs is fairly significant. You probably don't need much, if at all any, to cover three to 400. One could argue you can maybe still use a little bit of Nova around the workout, but gone is maybe the lightness that you maybe used prior. Whereas um, if uh, if you recomped, and of course they all come down by a little bit, they maybe don't, maybe they're out by the end of it, um, but again, it's not as an aggressive drop. Whereas I think, although I've kind of suggested such a, an aggressive uh, drop, it's not always needed. And I know that's maybe contradictory to everything I've said on this podcast, but I think if you've got quite a big dude that's quite strong and they then you drop them from like, say, a 1,000 to even just like 600... It's sometimes just enough as that mental, um, that mental break, and then they're able to then you know push back up after a couple of weeks. Now again, I would never push them straight back up. You you, I'd probably work in fifty to seventy five increments up whenever I needed to, but again based on strength performance, how they're feeling, blood pressure, etc. etc. In a rec- recomp phase, you're specifically trying to take off a set amount of weight and you're trying to pull off a, a X amount of kilos. In a reset, I wouldn't say you're actively looking to pull body weight off. I think it'll naturally come about from what you're doing. But if anything, you're not trying to lose that much weight. You're trying to, okay, right, you may be at a point where um, appetite's in the bin. You may be holding a little bit of fluid. Oh, you know, Von, my lower back pumps are, are crazy. Um, so okay we pull food down and we maybe drop five six pounds I'd say that's okay that's fine right and then push push back up now if you lose more that's not a bad thing but you know that it's fluid that you've lost so that what you were carrying before was fluid so it's kind of not a bad thing that you've lost it so if you do lose 10 12 pounds well then just have a think about okay right we know that on that amount of food before, you're holding a shitload of fluid. So how can we manage that? How can we monitor? How can we make it better? How can we ensure that you aren't carrying as much fluid before? Whether you need to 
look at the sort of RAS cascade block we're using telemesartan or whatever it is. Again, if that sounds like a funny, funny language to you, just go back and listen to the the telemesartan podcast that I'd done and I tried to put everything across, as it says in layman's terms. So I guess to to summarize everything, um, you know, poor appetite in a in a gaining phase is, is quite normal. Um, or at the end of a gaining phase is quite normal. I think that you first need to address your food choices, regularly changing them up. You know, as bodybuilders, we eat the same thing every day. But if you eat the same thing every day for 20 weeks, sometimes just changing up for four to eight weeks can really help you extend that gaining phase and kind of finish off if you still, still feel like there's a bit more room to push up. I also feel like you need to take advantage of liquid calories, so like your fruit juice and whatnot across the day. But you can also take advantage of putting more HBC, HBCD in around the workout. So that could be, yes, you've maybe got 100 grams intra, but how much have you got in a pre-workout shake or a post-workout shakes with your whey? Um, really, really easy way to get calories in. And if you aren't already doing it or maybe um, you're assisted, you could consider using likes of insulin to help you pack away a bit more food. And if anything, to get really big. Um, if you're, that's your goal and you listen to this, like you're probably going to need to. Um, if you're a female bikini girl, you know you're you're never going to never please never use insulin, um, please never do that. But um, you could you, you know you could change your food cho- choices up, or you could um, have some more liquid calories for sure. Uh, if if all else fails, you know you're maybe at a point where you need to to recomp or you need to reset. Whichever one you choose to do or need to do will be dependent upon um, how you look, your needs, where you're at in your journey. No one size fits all approach, as you all already know. You um, if it's a if it's a recomp, you're strategically pulling stuff down over a period of time. Let's say twelve weeks, and things are coming down quite slow. If you're resetting, it's a two week period, and your things are coming down fairly aggressively before you then push back up. Anabolic usage will change during a recomp, fairly, fairly um, consistent that with that to more like closer to the TRT. But with the the resets, it's more just um, holding that and adjusting your insulin usage depending on what you're doing with your food. But in both scenarios, training performance I would imagine should should uh, continue to increase. Maybe towards the end of the recomp, it might tail off. But um, as I said, you know, like for me, I think a calorie reset has been. Um, been really beneficial and allowing me to continue to push clients weight up over the course of their off season and often as I says finish with their calories being higher um, than what they are before we had to drop food throughout that period and really without that reset it would have been impossible to expect or demand that client continue to eat when they physically just can't um, if you know if if we had tried to hold food um, or keep pushing in uh, but before the reset um the weight would stall, the strength would stall, overall progress would stall. And I think that as bodybuilders, that's something that we don't want, something that we probably fear. Um, we always want continual progressions. So listen, guys, I hope that that one helps because um, I know there'll be many of you in a recomp, uh, sorry, in a gaining phase just now, um, maybe in a lengthy one, maybe you're approaching that point or maybe you'll be there in a couple of months and I hope this podcast can help. So listen, guys, that is it from me. Wherever you are, hope you're well. And wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.